Satnam, welcome to another edition of Revealing the Diamond. I'm your host, Tiago Prem Singh. want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Seed Pants. I love Seed Pants. I rock them on the regular. Uh, they're sustainably made. They're made from hemp. They're made in Cochrane, Alberta with Canadian hemp. They're really stylish. You can wear them skateboarding. You can wear them rock climbing. You can wear them doing whatever type of yoga. Uh, you enjoy doing you can wear them walking around you can wear them to a rock show you can wear them out dancing they're great for everything and we're so so thankful that seed has come on board to sponsor this podcast and to uh, support us in in the work that we do so that we can continue to share uh, these teachings on this platform with all of you so so thanks so much seed pants you can check them out at i am seed on instagram uh, or the seedstore.ca uh, on the internet. Um, they got great stuff. Uh, you'll see them in the videos of me teaching. And that leads me to the next point, and that is um, today, just special today, uh, this discourse is going to be put on YouTube either today or tomorrow. These episodes get released on Wednesday. So let's say uh, by this Friday, uh, you'll be able to watch this episode on YouTube if you feel so inclined. That'll be my Valentine's Day present to all of you. Um, and then going forward, if you like to watch the discourses, uh, I'll be putting some of them up for free for you to watch. If you want to see all of them, uh, you can get involved on our Patreon. Just trying to find ways to support uh, my family. I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, I do this as a labor of love, obviously, and as service but we live in the realm of time is money, even though that's not a reality. Um, people believe that to be a reality and the exchange of energy needs to take place. So if you'd like to support, a uh, great way to do it is through the Patreon. And there's lots of options. Uh, it's patreon.com uh, backslash Tiago Prem Singh. Um, for five, I think it's $5 a month, you can watch all of the uh, discourses in video format, uh, or you could step up one tier and pay about 13 or $14, I think it is, and you'll get the whole class, one, at least one class a week, video the whole class, the meditations, the classes from Dharma Temple, from festivals, from workshops, uh, internationally, you'll be able to practice those in the comfort of your own home. And then the best uh, uh, deal of all is you make a monthly commitment and you become a third tier member of the um, Patreon and that gives you access to the monthly Zoom call that happens on Tuesday nights. There's a new theme every month. Um, it's a four-week course. Right now we're halfway through on emptiness. We've got a great group of people. It's really inspiring. Uh, you tune in. You can re-watch the episode. You can ask questions. You can meet community from all over the world. Um, so you have access to that as well as you have access to all the classes. And so that's 108 bucks. You know, it's usually $99 to join the course. I'm going to start doing everything through Patreon going forward. So if that's something that you're interested in doing, get, hop on the Patreon and support in that way. I've already got our first class up there. It's a great one. Um, so get on there and practice along. So thanks a lot for all the support. That's the end of the intro. Now let's move on to the episode. And just so you know, with all of that, uh, revealing the diamond, <clears throat> excuse me, revealing the diamond, the podcast will always be free of charge for everybody uh, as a service, as Seva. So thank you for listening. Please share this podcast with your friends, rate it, review it, post it on your Instagram. Just please, please, please help us get these teachings out to everybody. 
Um, today's episode is called Paradox on the Dharmic Path. In this episode, we talk about what is a paradox, we talk about boundaries and meditation, we talk about the life of a householder, we talk about what really is advanced yoga practice. And to, to a little uh, spoiler alert, uh, it has nothing to do with how flexible you are. Um, we talk about practice, the practice of being nobody. We talk about how emptiness is everythingness, not nothingness. Uh, we're talking about holding on to thoughts and then letting them go. We talk about the great blessing of being a walking contradiction. I love that one. Uh, we talk about honoring traditions and yet moving freely within them. We talk about how sound can dissolve maya, can dissolve the illusion of separateness. We talk about you being amazing, of course, you already knew that, and how everything in this universe, multiverse, megaverse is equal to you. And we talk about letting go of control, you know, because really, like Nanak said, you don't really have control anyway, so why play games? You know what I mean? So thanks so much for tuning in. As I mentioned, this video will be available for free on YouTube by Valentine's Day. So check out our YouTube. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe to the YouTube. And if you want more, you want to do full classes, check out the patreon.com backslash Tiago Prem Singh. And uh, I think that's good for now. Without further ado, here we go. Paradox on the Dharmic Path right here on Revealing the Diamond. Satnam. And then come back to the center and we'll have a chat before the experience. Okay. What's a paradox? Did anybody ask that? That's good. What, what is a paradox anyways? Anybody have a good definition? Nobody? You just talk about we don't know what a paradox is? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they appear to contradict each other. But they're in support of the same. Kind of cool. So. What did you uh, talk about? Anything interesting? What do you think? I, I have a, yeah. like a, I'm a little bit confused. I, I don't know if it's in like, um, I think I'm just going through this, maybe it's an example of a paradox or not, mm -hmm. but like something with boundaries and stuff like that, where mm -hmm. it's like, you know, how do you engage someone where you feel like okay they're like um, 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 what they say and what they do are two, two different things and you're not pleased by it mm -hmm. but then you're like oh, I want to show them love and kindness so then you don't bring it up and you want to give them grace and peace but then I'm not in grace and peace because I'm holding on to it mm -hmm. but I'm not but then I'm like, what is my truth? Like, do I reveal this, but mm -hmm. then I'll make them feel bad? Mm -hmm. Or do I just hang on to it and then they enjoy themselves or are not aware of it, mm -hmm. but then I'm like in this state of resentment that's just building up. So I don't understand like, you know, the concept of what is loving. Is it loving and peaceful? Like, is it loving to say, hey man, like this? 
knock it, knock it off. Or <laughs> not. Like, yeah. So I'm very confused about yeah. what's the balance between showing love and peace and boundary and mm -hmm. like. Yeah, that sounds right on point. Uh, you're not asking for an answer for what to do, right? You're just saying it's a paradox. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, but isn't that true about love? Like you, you know, you have to be like open to serve and also have boundaries. Those appear to be opposites, but you need both. You know, isn't it true? And how do you know how to navigate that? Well, you you go through the experience, I guess, and learn your lessons. It's not easy. I think about, you know, raising a daughter in this day and age and teaching her about love and, uh, you know, and oneness. There has to be some boundaries within oneness because love is not always warm and cuddly. You know what I mean? I have a tattoo on this arm that says mother and it has a wooden spoon through the heart. And people often say, oh, your mother must have been a good cook. I said, it has nothing to do with her cooking. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, but actually, uh, I was a real uh, troublemaker as a youth, and the only person that never gave up on me was my mom. And she uh, was really tough on me, and actually I'm thankful for it. But that doesn't appear to be love. You even tell people that story sometimes, and they're like, ooh. Mm -hmm. But I needed that at the time. So this seems paradoxical, but how do you know the answer? Uh, I would recommend that you ask in the deep meditative state first thing in the morning. You know, when it's quiet, light a candle, chant or pray or do something, move a little bit with breath, and then say, show me what do you want me to do in relationship to that person, and take the insight from that time. Not the time from during the day when your mind is spinning the situation. That would be my advice, if you were asking. Yeah, thank you. Yes? Totally, yeah. Yeah, that's why, you know, Nanak, this is why this path resonates with me. There are many householder paths, but, you know, Nanak, he was saying, it's easy to, you know, run into the cave or be, become a monk or something. And he said, like, you can be the same sage uh, in the home and in the marketplace. And as an activist, that's the big one for me. Like, you know, he went to prison for standing up against the corruption in the systems at the time. And I admire that. But it's as a devotional practice. Because otherwise, if you get too caught up in the mind of the activist, it will uh, destroy your health, you know. But if it's driven by devotion, then you're seen from the heart, which is, to me, what I admire about Nanak. Yeah. Anything else?
transformation or enlightenment to ask her to create more progress? <laughs> yeah, that's paradox, kind of. Like, <laughs> oh, you want to be free? Just ask for more problems. But that's like if you want the, the um, advanced class. <laughs> You know, you say you see like advanced yoga, and people think it's like you know legs behind the head. Actually, it's like bring me more suffering. I'm ready. Come on, let's see what you got. My uh, one friend, he was saying this prayer all the time when I was in university uh, that we learned from my first yoga teacher, Bhagwan Das, and it's to Kali, and it was like take from me all that isn't free. And he was reciting it as a mantra: take from me all that isn't free. I said. You better be careful, man. That's a big ask. And he's like, I'm ready. And then he went on a trip to Spain. And you know what happened when he was in Spain? His house burned down in Canada. I'm not kidding. You know, and I didn't say, told you so. <laughs> but I thought it. You know. And at the time, he was devastated. But then you fast forward to years later, as a result of that, he met this beautiful person in Spain and they started a family and he started a whole new life. And there was some, like everything has a challenge and a solution. So it was really useful. But at the time he couldn't see, you know, that this clinging maybe was holding him from the next chapter of his life. It's sort of a strange thing. I think about the big paradox of my relationship with this Dharma. It's like, you think that you do all of this work to become something, to become more spiritual, to become a better version of yourself, to become more compassionate, to become more flexible, to become stronger, to become, to become. The more that I do the practice, the more I realize that the practice is about becoming nothing and becoming nobody. And when I used to read in the Guru Granth Sahib the scriptures of the six, when they say like, I am dust or I am lower than a worm and all this stuff, I thought, that's sort of self-deprecating. Like, well, why would you want to be that, you know? And then the more that I do the, the practice, the more I think I understand it from a paradoxical sense. And that is, in being nothing, I am everything. That's what we call uh, shunya, like uh, infinite zero. Doesn't that sound paradoxical? You know, count to infinity. You know, and I'm done. <laughs> you see, that's a paradox. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And and the more I study, I have a limited experience in this life—20 years of study. But the the more I study, the more I find that the most profound spiritual truths are paradoxes. And I have a commitment to living this as a dharma. And so if I want to embody the uh, teachings, guess how I live? As a paradox. Seems kind of strange. But then I look at my life and I think, how many times have I been told on this path of dharma that I can't do it that way? So many times. You know, it's never been done that way. Oh, you can't do it that way. It's like... Uh, you almost like you have to hold something to be able to let it go and once you've held it and let it go you understand how the whole transaction works something like that like when i was this uh, tattoo of my mom that i have when i was a, a kid I, my father was a pastor in a christian church 
He later became a lawyer, which all seems sort of paradoxical. But uh, anyhow, my mom was, she had children quite young, like, you know, when, when my mom was my age, I was graduating from high school. So it was a little different than my life. I was seven year old. And my mom, when I was getting into a lot of trouble with the law and that kind of thing, I was also very interested in Buddhist thought and meditation. And my mom, my mom was really confused by that. It seemed paradoxical. You know, how can he be so into meditation and being such an asshole? You know? and, and so she blamed the Buddhist thought and practice for my problems. And so she took all of my Buddhist books and literature and, and said, get rid of it. Which is sort of interesting, because at the time, that was like my lifeline that was being taken away. And now when I look back, just like the house burning down, I'm really thankful that she did that. Because I was able to face the challenges that would come later in my life. Oh, you can't practice that way and do this. Oh, you can't look like that and do that. Oh, you can't... And when I found out about Grunanik, I was like, oh, I can get down with this guy. Because he challenged everything. And he challenged everything from a place of, if you learn to vibrate the sound of infinity, then everything on the surface will cease to seem important. And everything will happen as it should. And then as you vibrate that sound and you become aware of hukum, the natural order of all of life, then the critics that you face, which you'll face many, their opinions don't really matter all that much. It's just life unfolding. It's all just a play. And to me, that's been the greatest gift that I've received. And it's not easy, by the way. Like, you know, I have friends from all walks of life, transgendered people who are vibrating this sound current, who are told by the cultural uh, Punjabi Sikhs that they can't practice Sikhi because of their gender identification and all of these stories. And, and, and I just watch it unfold. And it's like we're all becoming more awake. And if we vibrate the sound, then all of your need to be right and different and this and that and the other thing will be resolved. But if you cling to the aspects of the mind, I'm a this and you're a that, the duality, you just create more karma. That's how it works. And so vibrate the sound. And then what may happen is some aspect of this practice, of this dharma, that has never been seen before will flow through you. That's what happened with Nanak. And you're not different than that. Same with the Buddha, right? Buddha was born a royal prince. And if he just did what he was told to do, then we wouldn't have this realm where many Buddha-like beings have existed. By the way, the way Hukum works, he didn't have a choice. He had to do it anyway, but that's another class. But him being open and hearing the call, he left and he went through all of these processes where he had to hold something and let it go. Hold it, let it go. I'm a prince. Oh, I, and everything's nice and wonderful. I have money and food and everything's taken care of. And then you leave and what do you see? That's not the reality. Many people are suffering. There's poverty, there's death, there's sickness, there's all these terrible things. So he's held being royal and then he's let it go. Then he holds, he has to be a yogi and do the austere practices, you know, get up in the morning and don't eat anything. And he became this emaciated figure and was really disciplined and doing the practice as it's been prescribed. 
like many of us do. And so he held that. And then what happens? A little girl comes to, with an offering for the holy man filled with rice milk and she goes to give it to him. And all of the yogis say, don't drink that. Like we're on a fast. If you drink it, we have to start again. You know, that kind of thing. And he looks into the eyes of the young girl and can see the love in, of the offering and he drinks the milk. So once again, he's held and let it go. And those things go together. That's the paradox of it. You know, it's like I say, honor the tradition. You know, I do my best to honor the tradition, but also move freely within it. And what happens is, is like an older generation people, they hold the tradition so tightly that there's no room for growth. And then the younger generation doesn't want anything to do with the that way of tightness and so they say just do whatever you want and if you don't have the two together then you don't have the wholeness of the dharma they go together but doesn't make sense to the dualistic mind so how do you get out of dualism use sound when you're in sound when you're vibrating satnam or you're vibrating some sound not to be good then you're back in du dualism right like not American Idol or The Voice or, you know, who's the best chant artist, not that, but vibrating the sound and vibration that is uniquely yours and connects you to the all, you know, your own individual sound that's connected to the whole sound. You vibrate that and that idea of separateness or I'm a this or you're a that will dissolve. And then what happens? Everything comes back in when you're done vibrating and you still are a householder and you still have all these responsibilities. Your problems all come back and you operate within both realms. That's the paradox of it. And when people tell you, oh, you can't do this and you can't do that, as long as you're connecting with uh, that part of you that knows on a regular basis, beyond thought, you know, have you had a profound experience ever in meditation or chanting mantra even just for a moment when you have it is there any sort of opinions happening there no they don't exist and so the idea is you have opinions but you don't hold them you know even in your life it's like oh i have this opinion passing through okay well whatever and off it goes and you let it slide and then you notice you're, oh, I'm caught up in this ick again, you know, which you do get caught up in of thinking and trying to be something. And then you remind yourself, like Nanak, Satnam, I am everything. Even now people took Satnam because of colonial language and tried to make Satnam into Satnam is your true identity. And, and then they associate that with your personality. Well, that's not what it means. And it kind of does. That's the paradox. Satnam is the truth of who you are, is the vibration that is in everything. That's who you are. So if that's what you mean by that's your identity, that's correct. You're right. But if it's, you know, I'm very special and others are not as special as me, that's not your identity, unfortunately. That's an illusion. You understand? So, you know, think, let's strip it down and make it really simple. I tell my daughter at, when she goes to school, you are amazing and everyone is equal to you. That's a simple way of describing Satnam. 
that the, vi that the vibration, the wonder of this life is in everything. It's in pain, it's in sweetness, it's in death, it's in life, it's in everything. And that's who you are. And the intellect can't really understand that. You know, so we do all these exercises, clearing all the stories. Satnam Waiguru, Satnam Waiguru, Satnam Waiguru. Get clear and have an experience of who you really are. And maybe for 10 seconds, maybe one minute, maybe you have some experience of, oh wow, I'm really not my problems. I'm really not my mom taking away my Buddhist books. I'm really not the Sikhs telling me that I can't be a Sikh in that way. I'm really not, uh, you know, my anything that I'm being, is being put on me. I am the vastness of eternity and I experience it. I'm the vastness of the infinite and I experience it through becoming nothing. That's why Yogi Bhajan said, I'm not this body. I'm not this mind. I'm, I have no spirit. I'm just the breath of life, the breath of God. That's nothing and everything. You know? And then, after you're there for that moment, then the thoughts flood all back in. Your identity, your problems, your karmas, you're all, you know. My wife said this thing that drove me insane. And Yogi Ji gave this the last thing I'll say and then we'll practice. Yogi Ji gave this teaching to my mentor in such a beautiful way when he was driving him one day and he was really in a funk, you know. And Yogi Bhajan said, what's the matter, Guru Singh? And he said, oh, it's my wife. She's driving me insane. And he goes like this. She's not here. <laughs> you understand? It's like we create this whole reality, this way of looking at our world that's a lens. It's not real. It's not happening. It's only relatively real. And he's like, oh, yeah, good point. You know, does that mean that he is never going to see his wife again and she disappears off into the ether and all his problems are gone? No. Does that mean they're never going to argue again? No. But when you understand who you are in relationship to what's happening around you, you understand that that's not you, that's your karma and experience that you're having, that's hukum, that's the natural order of life. And this is an opportunity for you to work through your karmas, through your attachments and through your aversions. Then instead of trying to control and manipulate, you just say, thank you for the more problems. Wahiguru. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, it was an incredibly potent session. And I'm so, so, so humbled and grateful uh, for the gurus and for the teachings and for the Sangit, uh, the company uh, of people in our community who love and support me and give me the energy that I need to continue on. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm just feeling really inspired to go out there and do the work. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your participation and your attention uh, in supporting this podcast. Lots of love to y'all and we'll see you soon. Satnam, Wai Guru.